Welcome to episode two of the Stout Brothers New York Sports. We are following up a wildly successful first episode. Morg, how you doing? Good. Uh, I'm not going to imitate the grease man this time. <laughs> You've learned uh, your lesson. I've learned my lesson that that might be uh, caught in the recording. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I want to start off real quick with uh, a shout out to our man, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo. He has to retire. That's yes. such a shame. Uh, yeah, if, if for those of you who don't know, which I can't imagine would be a lot of you, uh, Mad Dog did say uh, before game <laughs> six and seven of the NLCS that if the Diamondbacks won the series, he would be retiring. And... Folks, it is Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m., October 25th. <laughs> Last night, the Arizona Diamondbacks completed a victory in the NLCS. Uh, we would Shocking the world a little bit, I think. But. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologies to friend of the pod, Molly. Uh, but yeah. the Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. Poor Phillies. Um, yeah, the Diamondbacks are going to the World Series. Um, man, I... So, I... In uh, the Mudville episode that we previewed the the CSs, I did have the Rangers over the Astros in seven, and I was very proud of that. But I had the Phillies over the Diamondbacks in five, and that didn't seem crazy. Um, I think Nolan said a Phillies sweep was going to be in order. Um, yeah. So good for the D-backs. I mean, this is like they're a very fun team. They play a brand that, of baseball that you haven't seen in a long time. I mean, they just run. They will just they just go. <laughs> they get yeah. on base and they they go. Yeah, and um, it's not New York, but I want I want to talk about it real quick just yeah. because go ahead. you know, Philly and New York, obviously there's some kind of bond there, so I think we could talk about it tangentially. A bond of hatred. A bond of hatred, yeah. <laughs> um I think that the this is a disaster for the Phillies. I yeah. really think that coming back home to a place that you say is extremely hard to play in, which it may be, but you know, my feeling on that is, you know, everywhere is hard to play until it's not. Like, they got no hit at home last year. You know, it's there's it's, it's just the competition, really. That I think those kinds of things get overblown a lot. Yeah. Um, like, last night, like, I was, like, Noel and I were watching the game, and I was thinking, like, this, they're, they're silent in the ninth inning. Like, they were all, like, the fans were just scared or beaten. Yeah. And it was just, like, this is no different than anywhere else. Yeah, that happens everywhere. You yeah. know, like Yankee Stadium last year during the ALCS when the Yankees Dead were silent. getting blown out by the Astros. Yep. It was the same thing. Like, you know, and the point of that is, like... Nobody wants to see their team lose. It's hard to get your fan base into it if there's nothing... To, you know, they they cheered when Jake Cave kept fouling off pitches, which, by the way, shout out to Jake yeah, Cave. Yeah, Jake Cave, yeah. <laughs> um, Former Yankee but, prospect. Yeah, I, would, I kept on saying, man, the it all comes down to a 2013 Yankee spring training invitee. Yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a disaster. I, I mean, it I, is. I really think that this was the Phillies. Everything had been lined up for them, and every game that they lost this series... It was right in front of them, and they could have won all of them, including last night. And yep. like every single game this series, you felt like that they lost. You felt like they should have won, and that's a yeah. really, really tough way to lose a series. But hey, you know it's not a Philly sports podcast. But thought we would touch <laughs> on that real quick. Always fun to either you know I, look and not rub it in because Philly is not like the most. I mean, I think I hate the Eagles more than any other team, maybe except for the Cowboys. I do hate the Cowboys a lot, and I hate the Red Sox, but I and I hate the Astros. But uh, Philly... Brody hates everyone. I, well, look, there's a certain list. <laughs> there's a very specific list of teams yeah. that as a New Yorker and as a New York sports fan you were required to hate. Then there are the ones that you just hate because, um, like the Dodgers. The, the Phillies are not high on my list of absolutely hated teams, especially because there's a lot of, like, either... Former Yankees guys who should have been Yankees, or you know, just feeling like a a, a kinship too. Um, and they're a likable team, um, in general. So it's uh, you know, you don't you don't like to see that. 
Yeah, we'll like later. them next year because it's over. <laughs> it is over this year. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's go Snakes. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wouldn't mind seeing the Diamondbacks beat the Rangers in the World Series, although I don't really think that's going to happen. But, I mean, the Diamondbacks have beaten everyone this far, so. It's true. And What's la- stopping them? You know, last week when we were talking. Two wild card teams, by the way. It is crazy. It, and last week when we were talking about uh, could the Yankees make the World Series next year, even with this team, I said I've seen worse teams make the World Series. And. I mean, I don't want to like shit on the Diamondbacks because not now, yeah, not in I know. their hour of glory. <laughs> but you know, this is a team that finished, I believe, with a negative run differential this year, and only like I think like two game, one or two games better than the Yankees. So it just goes to show, you know, October anything can happen. It's you know? true. So I mean, obviously, what they've done is extremely impressive, and I'm not trying to take that away from them. But yeah, Brandon fought the rookie. Um, Huge performance. Yeah, no <laughs> I mean, question. He outdueled Ranger Suarez in Game Seven. I mean, it's uh, also freaking um, Grink, uh, <laughs> Kevin Ginkle, Kevin Gink. Ginkle, Grink, yeah. <laughs> Ginkle, the Gink. Um, that guy coming in at the end of that game, striking out the side, and you know, getting out of a jam the inning before that. Uh, that was like one of those performances that afterwards he's like, "Damn, that I'm." I'm gonna remember that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah i i tweeted that they Making should let him that they should let him finish the game uh <laughs> I don't but know about that they i have mean seawalt back there they don't need him for that it's true and i didn't realize his pitch count was as high as it was but yeah. he really did look dominant so i mean when you have a guy like that that can shorten the game like that and the way he's throwing the ball right now i i think the diamondbacks have a clear edge on the bullpen going into the world series it's true mostly just because they also don't have all this chapman back there which is yeah you, he, you know, did you see him drill yeah. Uh, or was it Martin Maldonado, I think? No, it or, was uh, uh, Chaz McCormick. Or Chaz McCormick. It was Chaz McCormick. He hit him with Back a, of the knee. 104. Back knee. <laughs> and you see him throw that ball, and he's like, oh, he just had no idea where that pitch was going. I don't know. <laughs> people people are saying it wouldn't have been intentional, and I'm like, I, I don't know. With Chapman, he, his he, brain doesn't he work. Couldn't, he couldn't hit someone with that pitch if he wanted to. He just has know. to hope it's going in the direction he thinks it is. I mean, that's like... how With how far he yanked that pitch, I I'm mean, like, normally oof. I would say a major league pitcher doesn't do that, but with Chapman, I mean, who knows? Yeah, like, if anybody might. Yeah. <laughs> might do that on purpose. Um, all right, anyway, let's let's move on to New York because that's the, you know, the podcast. Um, so let's, uh, let's start with the Giants-Jets game that's coming up this week. Um, it's, I mean... Look, you want to say it's exciting, and it is because this is you know, like both teams are kind of looking to prove something. Both have a lot to prove, um, but at the same time, these two seasons are not exactly. Uh, this isn't where we thought that these teams would be by the time they were meeting up in Week Eight um, before the season started. I'll just say that. Um, Mark, who has more to prove? I think the Jets have way more to prove here. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Jets on this game because. I mean, the Giants, they're coming off a win against the Commanders, like, and they played pretty well in that game, except for, like, three plays that almost decided the game. So, like, so I think the Giants coming off a win, maybe Giants fans are feeling like they could get something going here. I don't know if that's true necessarily, but I feel like for the Jets fans, they're thinking this is our chance to really show that we own New York right now. And as for that, I would say that neither of these teams owns New York, and I don't think that... <laughs> the Knicks own New York right the now. <laughs> Knicks, it, it, the, there was a poll that I looked at recently of like the most popular teams in sports in New York, and football was a pretty distant third. So, yeah. But anyway... What I think, was first? 
It was baseball. So yeah. the poll was interesting. It was the Yankees are the first most popular, followed yep. by the Knicks, followed by the Mets. That makes sense. If I had to guess, that's what I would have said. And then I'm assuming it's the Giants and the Jets after that. Yeah. So, yeah. but and the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, coming into the season, we thought it was going to be a great football season for New York, and it hasn't really worked out that way. But I will say the Jets have shown a lot of resiliency. They've shown a lot to me, but the fact that they're able to pick themselves off the mat after their uh, quote-unquote franchise quarterback goes down. Uh, and if you want to hear more about this, you can tune into the Pat McAfee show, which airs 72 hours a week, uh, featuring Seven, Aaron no, Rodgers. No, no, no. 72 hours a week. It's more than that. Yeah, yeah. Every single day. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers will be on that show approximately 80% of the time it's on air. They, they laid off their hours staff so they could uh, have that. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, they are. It's ridiculous, that, yeah. that stuff, that show. But I so I used yeah, to like it. Well, I just think Rodgers at this point... They keep talking about him possibly coming back. I just don't see it. We talked about that last week. I I just, I mean, look, I think uh, the thing that there are, everyone is basing it off of is the fact that Cam Akers came back after five months, right? Um, Cam Akers is a running back, so obviously everyone's like, well, but he doesn't have to run around. If Cam he, Akers is also 25 or 6 Cam when Akers that happened. is a young, much more athletic person, and not to mention when he gets tackled, it's not like a 380-pound lineman literally jumping on his back trying right. to you know, bring him to the ground. He just gets hit, which isn't good either. Um, but you know, he also has to cut more. But Rodgers has to be able to escape some of the largest men that this country produces. So, like, True that. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, know, I was talking to my friends about this I would this want game. to make sure that you were 100% that that thing was not going to snap again immediately. Exactly. Yeah, I was talking to my friends about this game coming up, and... Uh, one thing that I had said was I really think there's a high chance that this game ends like six to three. Like these are two really really good defenses. Four to two. <laughs> yeah, sure, four to two, we'll do it. I mean, I could see Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones taking some safeties for sure. I yeah. Um, yeah. but these are two really good defenses. I think the Jets is better. They've proven more this year, but the Giants' defenses are playing great the last few weeks. So. I think that uh, Morg's free pick of the week, hammer the under. I don't even know what it is. I, but, uh, I'm sure that <laughs> it's probably that. a fair. <laughs> it's, it's, let, me, uh, let me see if I can find the line somewhere. Um, but, yeah, this don't forget now, both of these teams are coming off a win, which, uh, you know, about four weeks ago I would have said was going to be impossible, unexpected. Neither of these teams are going to win anything. Jets are coming off a very big win against the Eagles, um, which, on a separate note, is a team that the Giants can't, hang with at all and they never have been able to they can't stay on the field with them as we saw last year in the playoffs unfortunately um and the giants are coming off a big win against the washington commanders who they typically do have their numbers so that wasn't necessarily a shocking win um but it definitely it's it's enough to build momentum but the jets have more coming into this i mean they have a bye week to have come healthy um or come back to being healthy excuse me um and uh they're coming off a huge win so i I think that this, uh, you know, if Zach Wilson can just do what he's done, and that's the thing that's shocked me about Zach Wilson is that he has never done this, <laughs> you know, at, like at this level of play for his whole career until the last like three weeks. Um, and it, I mean, you get drafted this high, you come out of college with all this talent, you'd think that you would at the very least be able to just like skate through a game, not make mistakes, complete the best that are. Ha- you, you don't have to do anything crazy, but just do the bare minimum. And he's <laughs> never been able to do that. Um, and he just gives it away too much. But I don't know, maybe they found a way to just kind of have him skate through and, uh, you know, win on the back of the defense and 
that that should be the strategy that you go into this game with. And I I don't know. I would I would be surprised if the Giants win this game. Um, but I uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets blew this game. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I, I mean, what I would say about that is, you know, you can kind of see Zach Wilson starting to trust his offense a little bit more, starting to trust Garrett Wilson a little bit more. Starting Garrett to, Wilson should have to trust him. I that's the backwards like or that right. backwards. Yeah, but Man. you know, it's like it's I, more, I know. it's like he has to get him the ball, which which I think is good. Um, but you know, you see it with certain teams where you have guys stuck into roles. And you can see how maybe that can mess up a quarterback a little bit. I think Jones does it from time to time. Daniel Jones does it where the Giants receivers are kind of like this. You have your two deep shot guys with Jalen Hyatt and Darius Slayton. By the way, the total is 36 and a half for this game. Okay. Uh, yeah, go under. Um, <laughs> yeah. You have the Giants rolls are like this. You have the two deep shot guys, Hyatt and Slayton. You have the possession guy in Wandale Robinson. You have the guy who looks for in the end zone with Isaiah Hodgins, and you have Darren Waller, who he's throwing to across the field. So the thing with Jones that bugs me is that if one of those guys isn't in that role, I don't think he looks for him. Like I, I think he only looks for guys to fill those roles that they're, the offense is designed around, which makes sense, but it kind of messes up his ability to improvise. And that's something that I've been seeing from Zach Wilson that I really like is he's been going through his progressions a lot better. You know, if the first guy that he's trying to throw to isn't open, he'll switch to the next guy. If that guy's not open, he'll throw the third guy. And what he what that does is kind of instill more confidence in the offense so at least the quarterback can move the ball a little. I still don't think Zach Wilson's very good, but I do think they've been able to move the ball much better in these last three games. And if they can move the ball pretty much at all with the state of the Giants offense and offensive line, even though Andrew Thomas is coming back, I, I just think it'll be I, – I, I think the Jets should win this game. I'll say that. Yeah. Um the Jets definitely should. Everything points to them having the advantage, and they're also they favored by three points. Um, Andrew Thomas come back or coming back is also big news, as you know the offensive line really had been the issue um, for weeks now. Um, and obviously, we saw Justin Pugh have like a little fun, good feeling. Uh, yeah, that's an resurgence. Awesome. We need a guy in there who's actually been playing. Yeah. Um, and not that Justin Pugh did poorly i you know he, he was fine i didn't see him getting beat too too much but it, a dude coming off the couch should not be playing left tackle yeah i have a question about the jets uh, Go ahead. Why, why is delvin cook on that roster great still? question why aren't they using him if he is uh and what why did they get him in the first place well the I, problem is he's like a like, fucking energy vampire like it seems like anytime they're moving the ball yeah. With Brees Hall, and Brees Hall, who seems to run for like 35 yards every time he touches the ball. Brees Hall is amazing. Yeah, he's really good. And then they <laughs> give it to Dalvin awesome. Cook, and he goes for like two and a half. And yeah. I'm like, why? Like, I understand why Dalvin Cook wanted to be on the Jets, because that was like the yeah. hot team. Sure. I don't understand why the Jets wanted Dalvin Cook. Like, Michael I, Carter's perfect for that I, role. I do. Like, I get why you would want Dalvin Cook on your roster. If you can have the option of having him or not having him, you probably say, yeah, sure, let's go get Dalvin Cook. But I don't understand why they have him and they use him in the role that they're using him Well, in. I'll tell you why. It's because like, when they got him, probably in order to get him and keep him from signing with another team, was they, they probably... They promised him touches or yes, something. Yes, they probably oh, yeah. tell him we'll give you the ball 40% of the time or whatever. Yeah. And that was ridiculous by Joe Douglas, who I think is a great GM. I think that was He's a really a bad fantastic decision. job with this roster. The only issue that I have with him is never getting a backup quarterback. That's the one <laughs> problem like when you sign Aaron Rodgers you should probably have an idea that Zach Wilson is not supposed to be in these games um whatever he's been doing fine this year but go on sorry <laughs> yeah no I mean I just think that every time I'm not a Jet fan but every time I watch the Jets I bring all he's a Jet fan yeah they're, they're plenty of Jets fans 
Uh, <laughs> every time I watch the Jets this year, I have Brees Hall on a fantasy team, which I know nobody cares okay, about. But Jet but... fans hate the Jets more than any other like, team yeah. hates their own team. I, I'm Our fan base hates their own team. Anyway, uh, go on. Every time I watch Brees Hall touch the ball and go for 35 yards every t- carry and they switch to Dalvin Cook, it's like he sucks the life right out of the offense. Yeah, he really does. And it's uh, maybe it's just misuse and, you know, I, I don't think it's – you know, fair to say that he's like washed up at this point. The oh, dude I is a thousand yard rusher. Like as of what two years ago? Yeah, but when it happens uh, to mean, running backs, it happens quick. I know, but he's how old is he? He can't be more than I want to say he's like twenty eight. He is twenty eight. All right, so that's about the age. But either way, I mean, it's uh, I don't understand a lot of the time when these running backs just disappear. I I, I don't believe that they are done. Done. Um, at this point, I feel like they just kind of. Either don't get used as much, or I mean, Dalvin Cook hasn't had any massive injuries that I can remember recently. Um, no, not so recently. Just, he had a bunch you know, at the beginning of his career. I remember that. Right, and maybe it's just because it is so much wear and tear on the body that they just break down quicker. I mean, I know they do, but it's you know, I I just the guy was still so good so recently. Whatever. Um. Anyway, any uh, any closing thoughts on this Giants Jet game before we move on a little bit? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll say that I think if the Jets lose this game, I think it's going to be a lot of trouble for them. And if I think if the Giants lose this game, it's kind of whatever. Right, move on. I will say if the Giants lose this game, I think the season is pretty much out of like. There's no not not that it's you know they have a real chance to do anything as of right now, but it can no longer be fun if they lose this game. At least it it can be interesting if they win this week, and then you get the Raiders. I think the week after that, like that should be winnable too. Um, but. If you lose this game, there's there's no hope for any kind of yeah fun, fun times down the line. Yeah, um, yeah, no intrigue. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, if the Jets lose this game, oh boy, man, gonna be uh, three and four. Aaron Rodgers' comeback potential slips a little bit more and more. Um, anyway, um, all right. So let's uh, let's move on to baseball. We finally had a little bit of news from the Yankees, and by a little bit, I mean a little. Um, <laughs> Sean Casey will not be returning. Morgan, you got your wish. Um, yeah. Now it looks like, uh, and I think this is because of like family concerns, which you know, obviously, um, you know, best wishes to the Casey family, of course, uh, with whatever's going on. I really wanted Sean Casey back. To be honest, I thought that what he brought is something that the Yankees have been severely lacking, which is any kind of you know MLB experience in the coaching positions, um, or at least you know any kind of advisory role at all, like beyond coaching, whether it's in the front office or anything, just someone who has played the game, um, which does not seem like that much to ask. Well, I don't know yeah. because a couple of years ago, Marcus Timms was the hitting coach. Everyone couldn't wait to get him out the door, yeah. and he had a ton of MLB experience. But all this makes me think too is just that the Yankees front office just doesn't know what they're doing because they fired hitting coach after hitting coach after hitting coach, and nothing improves, nothing changes. Well, that's because that's they, their information can't be coming from the hitting coaches; it's got to be coming from above. Well, yeah, that's because of the roster construction. It's not the hitting coach's fault, but yeah, I, I think it's the philosophy though. It has to be the organizational philosophy. These. You're telling me that none of these guys know how to just like you know swing for a base hit <laughs> like it, that doesn't make sense. And that's it's, just baseball now. I mean, and it's not the fault of the hitting. It's coach. not all of it. Look at the Di- the Diamondbacks just made the World Series by hitting base or getting singles and stealing. Like that's like yeah. And the Phillies just made the NLCS by hitting solo home runs. And like, lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they blew out everyone to that point. I'm saying there are a ton uh, yeah, of different ways to win. Like look at the I know, Rangers. I know there are. I know there. Are. I'm not saying there's one way to do it. But it's, you know, there is one way that's a little bit more reliable, I would say, considering that the Phillies lost again because you can't 
you know, not everyone is Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper and can hit you a five-run homer when you're down by four. It's like, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I don't know. All, all I'll say is that I, I'm glad Sean Casey isn't back because the Yankees have this tendency, Yankee fans, I mean, not the organization, has this tendency to whenever the Yankees fire someone or let someone go, they'll be like, oh, man, what a huge mistake that was. And I'm already yeah, seeing it with Sean Casey. And I'm and like I'm seeing online. To like, be fair, I think that's because people get you know used to <laughs> seeing people do well in other places. Go on, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I'm I, I'm already seeing online people be like, oh, this is because of organizational differences. You know, Sean Casey was doing a great job. Sean Casey, in my opinion, was not doing a great job. The, this offense didn't really turn around once he was hired, and. I really think that, you know, the grass is always greener. You see a guy go, and you're like, oh, we should have held on to him. And it's like, you can't always be that reflexive. I I think Sean Casey's a great guy. I think that, you know, maybe he was a good clubhouse fit for these guys. But And I know a hitting coach doesn't do a whole lot. I've said that since they fired Marcus Timms. You know, the hitting coach is whatever. But I just don't think he was adding enough to keep him coming back. I think what they need is a real actual baseball coach. Like I said last week, maybe someone that worked with these guys in the minors. Because, you know, I saw there was an issue today where what Casey was telling them to do was clashing a little bit with how they learned to hit in the minors. And, you know, I don't know the exact details on that, but you have to be consistent. You know, you can't have guys trying to retool everyone's swing in the middle of the season. It's just not working. So, yeah, I I do think he had to go, and I'm glad they moved on. So, um something interesting that i did not know uh the yankees average dropped by 10 points in the second half yeah it wasn't they went working from 231 to 221 they're on base went up six points from yeah 301 to three and yet everyone's like oh how could we everyone's like how could we let sean casey go do you look at the numbers did Their you watch slug the game went down their ops went down yeah the that's only what I'm thing, saying. They hit into almost as many double plays in 20 less games. Well, that's just chance, basically. I that's know. But don't forget also, there were some, like, some injuries that happened around then. Their BABIP got, went up, which, okay, so depending that means, on how you want to look at it. Uh, maybe I'll tell they, you, that means they should have been better. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and but it weren't. went from 262 to 272, which, by the way, a BABIP of 262 is fucking horrendous. Yeah, that means that you're getting some awful. real bad luck. And that, I don't know how that happens. I think they had the lowest BABIP in baseball this year. For those who don't know, BABIP means batting average on balls in play, which... The, 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 this should it should equal out to about and it's when you you know put the bat on the ball whether or not it drops in for a hit essentially um teams that hit the ball really hard typically have low baboops because they end up turning into just deep flyouts um right which is why the yankees are lower than usual but, but the average babbit well i'll check the league this season but it's usually, uh, usually around 300. 300 you you expect 300 yeah so anything below 300 you expect eventually okay we can project that this will Go up and get closer to three hundred. Anything over three hundred means that you're being you're getting lucky, and it's you can expect to regress. Right. Um, uh, a good example is uh, the Blue Jays had a first baseman in like 2015 named Chris Colabello. I don't remember what exactly he hit that year. I'm gonna pull it up, but I remember that um, the next season he came in as like expected to be the, in the heart of the order, and he just wasn't that good. So yeah, in 2015, Chris Colabello hit 321 as a batting average. But his BABIP was 411. Oh my lord. Which is extremely high. <laughs> like, and then the next year, in just 10 games, he hit 069 uh, and then was suspended Jesus. for steroids and never played in the majors again. So, yeah, if you could have one of those seasons where your BABIP is extremely high. Diamondbacks' BABIP this season was 293, Braves 306. Just, just throwing it out there. Okay. Some good teams with some high BABIPs. What was the highest? Uh, it looks like it might have been the Braves at three. Oh, nope, the Marlins. Yeah. 308. Okay, I could see that. 
Yeah. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> what? Did you read it wrong? The the Rockies had oh. a three fifteen Babbitt. Okay, well that makes sense to me because in Coors Field there's a lot of space for balls to exactly. drop. Exactly. It's a huge outfield. That's the thing I don't talk about, Coors. And then the Yankees, I'm pretty sure were last. Or the second Yankees to last. were last with a two sixty six for the season. Right. The Mets were second to last. The A's were third to last. Right. Okay. But what I'm saying is, you know, a lot of that yeah. could be chalked up to luck, whatever. But Sean Casey, I don't think, was doing a whole lot to like help this team hit. I mean, if they had started hitting in the second half, even the league average, I think you're looking at a fringe playoff team, but they didn't do that. They just kept going on a downward trajectory, and I don't think you can bring people back if that's how you treat them, or if that's what they're doing. I, I don't doubt. I mean, at the same time, look, this is we're talking about a hitting coach. Like, this is not a manager, and also he only had well. Like, there's not a lot else games. going on. I, <laughs> it's true. Um, I know, but it's you know, it's very easy to make big sweeping. <laughs> you know declarations right now um when there's not much to talk about but he did have 70 games to you know maybe if you give sean casey a whole season as the batting coach he has some strategies that he'll implement that we didn't get to see whatever um you know what i i'm gonna go on the record and say that i i wanted sean casey back because i i felt like i liked seeing a change at least in in approach that I feel like the Yankees needed. Um, we can disagree on that. That's fine. I The numbers were not there. But I felt like the approach was at least a little bit more what I've become accustomed to being a Yankee fan, which is seeing them work counts, you know, try to actually, you know, stay in the box and get, you know, get your pitch and drive it, not swing bat hard at, you know, like immediately. Like get your A swing off like the, uh, was that the Marcus Timms approach? Or that I actually that might have just been the Dylan Lawson approach. Um, well, the Dylan Lawson was. approach was hit strikes hard. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. That's what he said. Hit strikes hard. Um, which, like, yeah, man, that's baseball. <laughs> but let's talk about a little bit more than that. It's a very nuanced game. That seems pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Should we get into the Mets? So uh, anyway, yeah. Let's move on. Speaking of a nuanced, uh, you know, needing a difference in approach. Let's talk about the New York Mets. So um, I, I saw this morning that they yeah. they seem to have gotten permission to interview Craig Council. How do you feel about that? I don't think that he's going to come here. Actually, now that I think about it, I, I think I said last week that it's like all but done. But after like looking into it a little more, his entire family is all like you know like teenagers or whatever and they all live around milwaukee they're well, he's all, from I mean, there originally it's, too. his dad is like a you know he lived there forever he played for the brewers it's just all very milwaukee centric and i feel like if he gets a decent enough you know offer to stay there i mean there was a report that the 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 mets were going to offer him 10 million dollars a year which i think would be the most for a manager Ever, yeah, but it doesn't ridiculous. It doesn't count for luxury tax. It, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that's like, I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> they would offer Craig Council the highest. I mean, this is it's. He's Craig Council. He's a very analytic guy. I mean, you're at, like it's. I don't think that you're paying for the mind like you know you would have if you were bringing in, I don't know, like a manager from the 70s and 80s and 90s where it's like you wanted a guy who will you know. So, be themselves or right. whatever. It's this is application of information. So what manager. you're saying is <laughs> like, the Mets could get someone as good as Craig Council without uh, paying him ten million dollars. Well, it's not that I care about the money. It's just like it's it's more of what it represents. No, like, I agree why, with you. Why him? Like I, I agree. With I don't you. understand it. I think Craig Council is a good manager, but okay, I think so, he is too. But you know, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> this comes from Bob Nightingale, who you know, listen. We all know. <laughs> Just not what, not, Mark? not always like super Bob reliable. Nightingale? <laughs> I mean, I, I do like Bob. I think he's got good opinions on like stuff that matter. Yes. Um 
Like he's like very. We're pro- talking about his journalistic integrity more. <laughs> yeah, like he's. I I always think that he's a good person to write about racial issues in sports. Which sure. Because yes. he's you know. But anyway, he's got a good opinions on that stuff. But as far as actual journalistic information goes, eh. not the best. So, but this is from Bob. So he says. Now that the Mets will officially interview free agent manager Craig Council, the Brewers will likely need to bump up his salary to at least $5 million from $3.5 million to retain the Wisconsin native. He deserves to be paid as one of the highest paid managers in the game. That last part is uh, editorialized, obviously. Yeah. Um, but t- the idea that the Brewers would spend $5 million on a manager, I-, I just don't see that from a team that doesn't spend money. So I, I-, yeah. I do think he's gone. And I think the Mets would uh, pay him whatever he wants. If- if- and I think that... Like I said last week, I don't know why council would want to come here. Money, that's really it. That's it's the it. only thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this... Uh, look, all right, as a manager here, I, I just have his stats. 707 wins, 625 losses. Now, managerial record doesn't really matter, but he is over 500 for his whole career, 531 average, um, or winning percentage. So, I, you know, like, I, he's good. He's done well. Like, he's, you know, they have his challenge record. Like, he gets... Uh, like I don't know, is that what you really want to go off of? You've got your number of ejections. Like it's, <laughs> I, <laughs> like I just don't know what you see, uh, like where it's because we're talking about the job, and like we're talking about the guy. Craig Council is the name, right? So it's like why, why him specifically? And like maybe this will would turn into more of a a philosophical discussion of what the manager means to a team in twenty twenty three, going into twenty four. But it's you know. I I just don't I don't understand why it's Craig Council that is going to be the the new fix all for the Mets who historically have been a team that every single fix all or immediate you know like panacea has completely fucking backfired and failed so I just True. don't understand how they feel like this is a good idea but well, whatever so Craig Council actually is the longest tenure manager in the National League I'm pretty sure uh, and he's been there since 2015. 2015 was his first year yeah uh, and. He does feel cemented, and that team's done well since he's been there with not a lot of hitting. Uh, and he obviously has pioneered some approaches that we've seen in um, become wider used in baseball. Like I'll, uh, I remember in the playoffs one year, him pitching Wade Miley for like one batter and then taking him out and going to the bullpen, and that was considered like a shock at the time. And yeah. now it's like a strategy people use regularly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just don't. I think that the Mets could do a lot worse, and I think that he's obviously their number one choice, and I think that he would be fine. But I don't know that it's worth it to spend this much time thinking about the manager when you could get a manager with a similar resume for a lot less money that might come in with you know expectations that are lower. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think the expectations would be that much lower. It is New York we're talking about. But if you bring in counsel, the expectation is he's immediately going to lead you to a World Series. And I don't know that we've seen Craig Council do that, so... I just think the expectations kind of have to be measured. Like, you're bringing in a guy who has never gotten to a World Series. He's gotten to a Game 7 in an LCS, but, you know, that's where he tops out. And that that's good with that team and that, and that market, but, you know, this is not bringing in Bruce Bochy. Like, this is... No. And I don't think it should be thought of that way. I would also just say with this, um, the Brewers have been, for the last few years, a team that I, I think it's very fair to say that you would you expect them to underperform in the playoffs. I mean, every single year they, they have, you know, going into this season specifically too, I, I was very sure that the Brewers were going to get bounced in the first round. Um, and uh, they, uh, they did. So it's like, <laughs> I, it, I mean, I would actually, let me go back and, and look at the, uh, 
the last few seasons, but I mean, it really, it feels like they've not really been, uh, they, they have not, they have not reached the potential that people have seen for them every single year. They've had good talented rosters, but let's see this year, lost in the wild card swept two years ago. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs two years ago. DS three to one lost in the wild card again, wild card again. Then the CS they lost in game seven, as you mentioned, 2018. So, um, and this is all under Craig council. So I, I just don't know. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, I don't like, and yeah, you can't necessarily measure a team's playoff performance by the manager or measure a manager by the team's playoff performance, I should say. But it's, it's still like his track record is not going to blow you away. So I don't really, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I just don't know what you're getting from Craig Council. You couldn't get from hiring, you know, like Joe McEwing or like some other former Matt that's on coaching staff somewhere. Like, I, I just think that people tend to overrate the manager these days. Like you said, it's an application of information, and that information will be coming from David Stearns, and obviously he has a good relationship with Craig Council, so if that's what you want to go for, that's fine. But other than that, I don't really see a reason that the Mets need to be swinging for him. Uh, although, with all that being said, I do think he's coming here. I, I think that there's really... I, I, I don't think there's really another uh, option that makes makes much sense to me. So. Yeah. I expect Craig Council to be the manager of the Mets in 2024, and uh, go from there. I I just I wouldn't be shocked if he stays just because he, you know his whole family is there as I mentioned earlier. Um, but you know Brewers are going to have to pay him well, and you know the Mets will. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the last most fun thing that's going on today in uh, New York sports, Mark. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. We I said, go New, York, New York, York, go New York, go go New York, go New York. Okay. Go. <laughs> so, so the Knicks are back. <laughs> yeah, Knicks tonight. Knicks Celtics tonight at the Real Garden, 7 yep. p.m. Let's go Knicks. Uh, this has uh, been the only thing that I've had uh, to look forward to since week one of the NFL, and that <laughs> kind of ruined my expectations immediately, being right. a Giants fan. Well, I'll say... Even if you're a Jets fan, you stop caring right away for a bit, but, yeah. I'll say this. The last few days have been tough because I was expecting quickly to get an extension, yeah, uh, just like all those front. other people from his draft class did. Uh, yeah. And not seeing that, it did kind of irritate me just because I don't think he's going to get cheaper this season. You see Thibodeau call, or said that he was a – he said, I'm a big quickly guy. <laughs> Who isn't, brother? I love I know. quickly. Everyone uh, loves quickly. The only thing is he's a bench piece. Do you really want to pay, like, a ton of money for – He would be starting like, on so many teams. I, I know he would. I know he would. That's not what I'm saying. But you have Jalen Brunson. Yeah, no. Like, but quickly's he, never going to start here. No, yeah, but he could also be a combo guard. Like quickly I know he's also shooting too, but, yeah. I'm like I have him as six man of the year this year. I, I think that he's Ooh, really, like really that. good. And I think that like, six man of the year candidate, perennial, if you lock him up for like four for eighty five or whatever, four for ninety, that is a really team friendly deal. And also you can move him if you want to, if if someone becomes available. Yeah. I mean, so I just thought that, that maybe that's what they would go for. I don't remember exactly what the details on the negotiations were. I would imagine the Knicks were probably trying to give him around four for eighty. And uh, l- let me let me pull this up. Yeah, see if we can um, find it. Um, I got something here. Uh, well, Emmanuel quickly, uh, really quick, just said, you know, at the end of the day, business is business. Both sides can't come to an agreement. It's nothing too much crazy with that. But like I said, I'm focused on getting better tomorrow, getting better the next day, and it's going to be like that the whole year. So I guess he's really not too concerned, <laughs> you know, um, which I I guess, you know, you kind of can't be. you got bigger things to focus on right now. Um but yeah, I mean, you you wanted to see quickly come back. Um, let's see again his uh, or excuse me, not come back, but get extended. Um, yeah, there's uh, 
a lot of other people from his his draft class did just now. So. Yeah, Jade McDaniels. Everyone. So it's not what you want to see. This is from Jade McDaniels on the Timberwolves. Got a five year, one hundred and thirty six million, and I don't think Quickly's getting that. Uh, but this is from Zach uh, Braziller at the New York Post. Uh, he said that the uh, off-season addition of Dante DiVincenzo may have given the Knicks pause because they have a glut of guards on the roster. Um, because otherwise, like he says here, they have given out extensions. They've extended Randall. They've extended Barrett. They've extended Mitch. Or Mitch might have been a second contract. That might not have been a re-signing. He might have been a free agent. I don't remember. But uh, I honestly can't remember. But yeah, it, it, I'm like to lock up quickly. You're probably looking at hundred million. And now going to free restricted free agency this summer. If some team wants to blow him out of the water and give him like the Jaden McDaniels deal, like five years for one forty or whatever. I don't think they're going to be able to match that. Like, I don't think he's going to get cheaper this year. I don't see him having a down year and somehow tanking his value. So I really would have rather just had him locked up and not have to worry about that. But with all that being said, yeah, I'm I'm excited for basketball season. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad to have a team that looks like, uh, you know, they're going to be part of that mid to high tier in the East. Maybe not as high as the three teams on top, but obviously next year. Brody misses Obi Toppin. (laughs) Uh, oh, yeah, the two Knicks seconds. need size. Like not not to completely derail what you were saying, but a little bit. The Knicks need more size. <laughs> I just I like Doby. They traded him for twenty twenty eight draft picks. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> they trade him for two seconds. That's so tough. But I, I'm just still trying to wrap my head around because the Spurs extended someone from that same rookie class, and they gave him like five years, one forty. Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell. Thank you. you I was trying to remember his name. Gotcha. Um. <laughs> They extended someone from that same rookie class, and they gave him five years, one forty. So, if the Knicks truly were trying to get four years, eighty as an extension, I don't blame Quickly at all for saying no. I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to uh, prove this season that I'm worth at least a hundred million. But the Knicks do have a lot of hundred million dollar deals on the payroll right now, so I do understand it from both sides. But it just sucks, you know. I wish they would have locked him up. Yeah, and I mean, he still could come back. It's just you'd be surprised to see a guy who. Again, as we were saying, I, maybe he could start as the two, but I don't. I, don't, I see him as a. He's bench better piece, off the bench. But yeah, um, but he would end up making you know upwards of probably around twenty as a maybe twenty four ish as a free agent. Um, but he is restricted, I think, after this season anyway. If they don't, yes, he so, is. Um, so there you go. So uh, yeah, that's uh, a little bit of housekeeping there. Um, Morg, this Celtics team is very different than the last time we saw them. They are a little bit dumber. <laughs> Get it? Um, they lost their smarts. Uh, Marcus Smart is gone. But, um, yeah, they also have our old friend Kristaps Porzingis coming in with them to town. Yeah. Um, Morg, are the Celtics uh, as big of a threat as they have been in the past? Sure. I mean, I think that this team under Brad Stevens as GM has – proven that they'll go out there and make a big swing when they have to, which they didn't really do under Danny Ainge. Ainge's thing was more, he was kind of like the Brian Cashman of the NBA, where he would always be in <laughs> yeah. on a guy and then never make the big move. But um, Well, that's just the Celtics, too, being the way that they are. I think. Yeah, but that's Brad Stevens like, has done that. You know, he traded for Drew Holiday, he got Porzingis, he's made big moves. And yeah. I and he traded good players to get the, he traded Robert Williams and uh, I mean, Marcus, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of the team last year. Like, right. He had the green hair and everything. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and what we've seen from the Celtics, what we've seen from the Celtics recently, uh, the past few years, has been kind of a slow start, followed by picking up in the second half. But last year, maybe you'd excuse that because they had a new coach, because Ime Udoka was a, a pervert and got fired. Yeah, that was um, something. <laughs> but And then they had a new coach come in, and they had to adjust to that. So maybe you excuse that. But even before that, you know, this team 
under Tatum and Brown has shown kind of an inclination to start slow and then pick it up towards the second half. So I do think maybe we see kind of the same thing where they're a little bit slower out of the gate and then go on a big roll to close the season. I, I have this team as the two seed in the East. Um, I think it's a really, really good team. I mean, this might be the best iteration of the Celtics that we've seen, but I've said this for a while. I just don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know if this is a team that can win you a championship. I think it's really, really good. I think they're a really, really good team, but, and adding Giroux makes them extremely dangerous and adding Chris Stapps, if he stays healthy, makes them, has, helps them stretch the floor. And if that all goes perfectly, this team is going to win 65 games, but if, you know, it doesn't, then it could get ugly. So we'll see. I, I think it's a really, really good team, and I do think they win tonight against the Knicks, but I'm just hoping the Knicks can keep it close, give me a good game, and yeah. show me something coming out of the gate. Yeah, I, I am with you there. Um, I, Obviously, you would love to see <laughs> the Knicks. Love to see a win, out. but uh, <laughs> I just I don't, don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, Now, the, uh, the Celtics made, as we said, like some big moves, but they did get better. Like, you take away Marcus Smart, you add in Chris Porzingis, that's an improvement, even though, you know, maybe Marcus Smart was, like, the clubhouse guy that you wanted. Um, you know, over Chris Dobbs, I don't. he's never had a reputation for being a huge clubhouse guy, I don't think. Um, Marcus Smart is like a glue guy, but you also add in Drew Holiday to replace him as well. Um, you know, this, the the roster is uh, is scary. <laughs> they're very talented, they're, they're they're varied. They have a lot of good size. Um, and uh, I think they actually do match up with the Knicks pretty well, um, to be honest. Or I, I guess I should say the Knicks match up with them pretty well. Um, the only issue, again, is size. Um, but I think, uh, you know, if uh, – like Mitch is not the scorer that Kristaps is. But other than that, like from one to five, I think they're at least, you know, comparable in well, ability. Well, what the Celtics <laughs> Defensively, have... I think the Knicks might have the edge. But go on. Yeah, I think that might be true, uh, which is weird for a team whose defense has been their identity. Yeah. But I will say that what the Celtics have that no other team in the league has, no other team has this kind of shooting from their front court with Porzingis and Al Horford, both of whom can knock down threes. Yeah. Uh, I just may I'm like it's just really good, and it gives them scoring opportunities at every single chance. So I think that the, look for this team as they've done in the past to build around the three, and I think that you're going to see this team. Just rain threes tonight on the Knicks because the Knicks have have had trouble defending against the three in the past. And they also can't hit threes. <laughs> well, then you know, last year they picked it up a little bit, but they're they're an inside scoring team. Normally. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, what else? Uh, is there anything? I guess we just kind of talked about the Celtics and we were talk about the Knicks, but um, <laughs> so any, the Celtics podcast. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts on the Knicks? Uh, I'm ready to see it. I, I've been looking forward to it all summer. They largely are just running it back, but replacing Obi's minutes with Dante. But even so, I'm, I just want to see it. I'm ready for some basketball. I'm ready to watch the Knicks again. And uh, I'm just hoping that if they could do what they did last year, as I said last week, I think it's a good season. Uh, obviously, I'd want to see them sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals. But getting out of the first round again, I think that's a good year. You keep building on it. So it is key this year to do at least the same thing that you did last year, which is get out of the first round. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for from this Knicks team. I think they could do it. They have really, really good depth. They built this team in the right way. And, uh, just they, looking through this roster and like be thinking fun. in my head back to like previous Knicks seasons. I mean, it just feels so different. Like this is not, this is not your, uh, <laughs> this is not my older brother's Knicks. No, God <laughs> this no. Is, this is a new era. Bino Udra, nowhere to be found. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no Pablo Prigioni to be seen. Um, hey, he was good. He was good, but he was a 37-year-old rookie. Um, but, 
Yeah, this is. Uh, who do you think surprises most tonight? I mean, you expect a big night out of Julius or RJ or even quickly. You know, you expect a good showing from Josh Hart. That guy lives for energy and opening night against the Celtics at the Garden. You got to yeah. assume you're going to see a big play from Josh Hart on defense. But um, if you had to pick somebody to, you know, have a night where you're like, all right, but here's, you know, you can build off of what we saw from X. Yeah, I'll go Josh Hart. I think like what you said, I think he's a perfect New York guy. I think he lives for this. I think he loves it here. I mean, his uncle was Elston Howard, for God's sake. Like, this is a guy with New York's in his blood. And I think opening night against the Celtics at the Garden with but the crowd. Villanova. He, okay, well, <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, <laughs> opening night against the Celtics at the Garden with uh, this kind of energy that this crowd is going to be bringing, I expect Josh Hart to come off the bench and give them some really, really good minutes. And... I kind of expect RJ to do what RJ does, which is, you know, jack up 22 shots and hit seven of them or whatever. But uh, I'm expecting Josh Hart to spell RJ and to kind of provide that scoring off the bench that he showed last year that he can do. He's such a great energy guy, and when he checks in, that place is going to go nuts because that the Garden loves Josh Hart. I said Everybody last year, loves Josh Hart. I said last year when <laughs> they traded amazing. for him that he's on the fast track to becoming like the Nick Swisher, Victor Cruz, like yeah. the fan favorite. He really is uh, of a New York team, and he was he immediately has. in his first game last year. Yep. He played incredible defense and if i was you want to endear yourself to fans by the way you play hard-nosed defense especially for the next yeah. uh, people will love you and was, he was throwing himself around like he was a freaking ragdoll and <laughs> it was amazing to watch yeah i was at that game instant fan yeah. favorite and yeah. yeah i'm expecting josh hart to do some big things off the bench tonight yeah i'm expecting rj to chuck a bunch of shots yes i'm expecting randall he, played, he was playing canadian league ball or something or like summer league somewhere for canada i know he that. was playing in fiba uh, yeah. fiba Under that's what canada. it was yeah uh so playing good too Maybe yeah. broke it. Stays hot. <laughs> maybe maybe you won't be as rusty. But yeah. uh, Julius, I'm expecting to look like Julius, like good Julius tonight. Yeah. Um, and, and then you know, tomorrow, terrible. <laughs> and then tomorrow, next game, terrible Julius. Yeah. And Brunson, I think will be a facilitator tonight. I don't think maybe you'll hit the points. I think maybe you'll see him as a huge playmaker. Um, yeah, I, I'm just expecting it to be a really good game, and I'm I'm just hoping. Now that I'm saying all this, I'm hoping they don't get out there and get boat raced out of their own building because that I've seen that before. Be yeah, uh, I'm I'm just hoping for a close game. And I want this team to show me something tonight. Yeah. All right, and uh, one last thing before we go here on the Knicks, they are plus five thousand to win the championship. Are you going <laughs> to take that bet? No, I'm all set. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not much of a gambler, but I'm especially not a gambler on my own teams. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, right now, the Celtics, by the way, are uh, plus four fifty type of the Nuggets for the highest odds to win the championship. So yeah, give me the Nuggets again. Yeah, I, I think they're doing it again. That's uh, yeah, they looked pretty good yesterday. Um, let's see, we got uh, yeah basketball on tonight. So. Uh, yeah, it's all starting. Knicks are coming back. It's a good time to be a New York sports fan, I guess, kind of, because you don't have to worry about screaming about the Yankees. Giants and Jets play each other. Knicks opening night. Got a lot going on. Fun night of basketball, fun week of sports. And uh, Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for tuning back in. Later, everyone. Bye. Take